0: You know when you have a dream, and you're half awake, but it's still in the fringe of your brain, and then you open your eyes, and you're so damn glad it was a dream? This was nothing like that. Hey everybody, Travis here. Uh, Quick disclaimer, so we had some technical issues and a good chunk of the recording is missing. Unfortunately, it's unrecoverable. So, I was able to save roughly the last half to two-thirds of the discussion that I had with Scott and Monica. And I feel like it's a good enough one that I'm going to go ahead and put that out anyway. So, we are going to join the discussion about the 2008 film Wanted already in progress.
1: Otherwise,
2: shoot this motherfucker.
1: Thing that he's become in our heads with that voice of his, that was super contrasty. And yes, you expect Samuel L. Jackson to be saying that at breakfast. Like, it's just whatever. fires that stuff off like it's nothing. Yeah. So yeah, it threw me a little. (laughs) But overall, I like it. I like that he's the guy. I like that he's... He's there, and uh, I don't know. It just lended some credibility to the movie that I think it needed. So that well, worked. he
0: he elevates everything he's in. Like he just makes a yeah. movie better with his presence there. He was yeah, actually filming this at the same time as uh, Dark Knight, because oh, this was no. set in Chicago. So all the stuff they shot in Chicago, he was doing basically both movies at the same time. Because he was, you know, he's not in this a ton. He's not in either one right. of them a, a lot. So right. But yeah, uh, Angelina Jolie, you mentioned her, and this was right after she had uh, a baby, I think?
1: She, yeah, I think she had just had a kid. This would have been, was she with Brad Pitt by then? I think not so. That, not that it matters, but this feels like around right around that transition mm-hmm. for her. But uh, I expected a a real no-performance kind of role here for her, and I loved it. I thought
0: she was great in it. So I did read that she brought in the screenwriter from... Uh, Laura Croft Tomb Raider to help mm. punch the script up for her character
2: mm-hmm.
0: and makes uh, Fox more uh, work more for her. And then she had done was it the Changeling with um, with uh, Clint Eastwood. So she used mm-hmm. a little uh, little young Clint Eastwood as like influence for because she has a lot of scenes in this where she doesn't ha- she hardly speaks and it's mm-hmm. all just acting with looks and everything and i love that because it made her more menacing. You you mentioned her being a total badass and i bought it. I completely bought that she could just take take uh you know Wesley out whenever she felt like. Right. Did you
2: notice too that as Wesley got more, you know, stronger and more assassin like, he talked less. He got less whiny towards like the end of the movie. Well, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was funny because that's how you show it, right? You
1: just well, they all talk less. It seemed like the like here. Okay, uh, let's let's play underused actor moment here. Uh, I really like Common and everything he's in, and I'm really was happy to see my like he popped into this. My wife and I are watching. She goes, "Oh, I love him!" I said, "Yeah, I do too." And so we're all excited because there's Common. They did not (laughs) use him enough, but I also think that they barely used any of these assassins enough because there is a there is this weird thing where they're kind of all quiet, you mm-hmm. know, like that's part of the mystique of it all. So having him become less verbal toward the end, I think actually, uh, you know, made me feel like, okay, well, this makes sense. This is where they head. This is the brotherhood of whatever or whatever. they go. The fraternity is, is basically a bunch of mute assassins at some point where they're just mindlessly following the orders of the loom. And uh, with the one exception of, you know, Zod showing up, yeah, I can't think of his real name. Can't think of his name.
0: Terrence Stamp.
2: Terrence Stamp.
1: Terrence Stamp showing up, which again lends all kinds of gravitas to any movie you're making. If you're gonna have that guy in it, sign me up. I freaking love him. Mm-hmm. He's great. I will kneel before Zod. Is what I'm saying. Um, but he, him showing up and having him being a little more chatty than the rest of them was almost like counter to what they've been telling us that everybody kind of chills out and becomes stone cold, you know? Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it was. I didn't see a lot of this, the, the stuff coming. I didn't see the, I mean, it's, Hey, it's your father thing. Like, you know, freaking Luke and Vader in the Mm -hmm. middle of uh, fighting on the thing on the, in the second star Wars movie. Like it's the oldest trope on the planet. I didn't see it coming.
0: Yeah, no, I really didn't in this movie. They set it up so well that no, this guy cross killed his father and they give you, Mm -hmm. even though when they're telling you about it, like he shows them the bedroom and he says, Hey, this was your father's room. And he picks up the picture. And you see it's yep. Morgan Freeman, and then it's the guy Mr. X, David O'Hara, and Cross, all three of them in the picture. Yep. So he's showing him a picture of his father, but your eye is drawn to the guy they're trying to make you think is. so yeah, it was a nice a nice twist and a nice way to do the twist, even if the the whole thing with the train I, all I could think of for that whole scene is like that's a lot of dead people on that train, like that's just yeah. a train full of people that they just kill yeah, and don't, that's don't what
2: I said,
1: there was a huge amount of murder that day. Very much
2: so. I had a whole stream of consciousness during this movie that I'm just like, that was uh as even as sad things were happening, I was just uh laughing a little bit (laughs) because like just that's that's a lot of dead people. That's that's really sad. It's a dead people tube.
1: It's just a big tube of dead people, (laughs) and the and the way they, I will say this for the film, uh, being you know it's 12 years on now or whatever, uh, everything looked great like the effects held up for me. The train falling apart held up for me. Every time a bullet smacked into another bullet in midair, that all looked good. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like we're at this point of diminishing returns on special effects, especially stuff like this, where we're kind of as good as we, we ever we, we that we really need to be. Like that stuff mm-hmm. looked realistic enough. You know, it's not really happening, but it it didn't take you out of the movie because it didn't feel cheapy cheap or you know bad or whatever so i'm just going to go on the record and say I think about two thousand seven or eight is when we hit our 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 stride, and we are now on the on the top of this curve on special effects where they get refined and tweaked, and you know new ideas happen, but really we're 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 at the point of diminishing returns we're kind of at the, at the top of the game, and I feel like this was as good as anything i'd seen last year with similar effects that looked fine
0: sure, over. I think it aged really well. Um, what I think we saw after movies like this was uh a lot of return to practical effects being implemented as well as CG. So you still get the fully CG stuff with like the bullets and slow-mo and all of that, but you're seeing more and more use of uh, practical and even like the way they shoot Mandalorian with that, um, where they can do these backgrounds that look like they're being shot on set, but they can shoot everything or shot on location, but they can shoot everything on a soundstage and have more control and have control of the backgrounds and all that it's just crazy the, the uh, way though dude are going. You,
1: if you ask me that is the that that right there is the big new achievement that's the thing that is going to lead us into a new era and whether it's you know i know right now it's unreal engine and they're getting all kinds of credit for it but this concept of building a, a, a cave a projection cave mm-hmm. and having all of that uh, visual data being you know projected in all these different directions behind you in front of you around you And your movements affect it in terms of lighting, in terms of angle, in terms of shake, movement, whatever. And having that all work together is the freaking
0: future. (laughs) Yeah, it's magic. It is
1: amazing what they've done with that. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, watching some of the the behind-the-scenes stuff on that is is just insane. Um, So Cross, our our quote-unquote villain, who we find out is actually Wesley's father, uh, was played by Thomas Kretschmann. Now... I've seen him. He's a character actor. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He was in Blade Two under a bunch of heavy makeup as Damaskinos. Um, But the whole time watching this, all I could think of was like, I was getting a, a Kmart Liam Neeson vibe. Mm. <laughs> was the that was the exact thing I wrote down? And I like I've seen him in other stuff, and I like him Aww. as an actor. But I just kept thinking like, it looks like this is the Boy, guy Kmart. you would cast if you can't have Liam Neeson.
1: Yeah, he's taken junior. Yes, yeah, so. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Uh, oh, absolutely, busy dude. But he's got a face that says we couldn't get the a lister so this guy's pretty close. And that's a bummer to say that because he's he's a handsome, rugged, cool-looking dude. He's just not. You're right. It's uh, I mean, I'll say Walmart Liam Neeson, not quite Kmart, which okay. implies bankruptcy <laughs> and everything else. But yeah, Thank I'd say you. I'd say he's, yeah, he's he feels a little lower tier. <laughs> And again, that's a bummer. He's in tons of stuff, and he's great. There's nothing wrong with that dude, but not I mean, at all. You're right, you're right. It felt weird.
0: Um, yeah, you mentioned Common. I I just wanted more of him. I love him yeah. in so much. Like he was one of my favorite parts of. Did you see Smoke and Aces?
1: No, uh, oh. I heard he was great in that though. Yeah. He's well, good next episode,
2: I guess. <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess I got to watch that. Uh, uh, I loved him in Helen uh, Hell Wheels. I loved him in that. I'm, my only bummer. Uh, complaint about John Wick 2 and 3 is that he didn't carry over from 2 somehow. Hmm. Um, he was just way too short into that, and they sent him off in a train, and he was alive when they did it. So I, I I don't know where he is. He better come back is all I'm saying.
0: Well, we've got four coming up, so. That's true. Uh, and then He's Mark... Cool, Oh, man, he is. And Mark Warren is the repairman who, again, it's a small role. And the whole time I'm watching this, I'm trying to think, what do I know him from? And all I can find is he. there was an episode of Doctor Who that kind of centered on a character he played. Oh, interesting. And he, if you look at his uh, IMDb, it's almost all British television series, like just veteran of British TV. Um, Yeah. But he was... Interesting-looking
1: guy. He looks very interesting to look at.
0: And, um, I mean... He was fine i I think a lot of the common and Mark Warren and um the guy Constantine, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name, uh, who was the Exterminator. He was the Russian. They were mm-hmm. good. I just wish I kind of wish there was more of them, and I think had this now the Russian would not have made it, but had had something about this like almost like a doing this as a limited run series now would have been really cool yeah. to see that oh, yeah. like,
2: two notes about the Russian, by the way. My two notes were, (laughs) number one, the Russian sounds French for some reason. And number two, oh, no, not the Russian. (laughs) Because it was just so sad. I liked him the most. He was so sweet. sweet. His
1: his deal was the saddest, for sure. Um, But also, they didn't spend a lot of time with him. And and that goes back to Travis's point about this probably would have made a better long-form 8-10 to episode Netflix series than it does film and I think that's true of a lot of these sorts of things I think Mm -hmm. the reason that the boys is working so well another Garth Ennis project which again Garth Ennis and Mark Miller's work are very similar Mm -hmm. um, in terms of tone but if anyone's seen the boys you know that that would have been that would have been a really hard single film to make and I would argue that, that Wanted did a great job of summing it all up in two hours but had they really had the time you'd have a whole episode dedicated to the gunsmith AKA Mm -hmm. Common. You'd have a whole dedicated episode to the repair guy. You'd have all of these interesting stories and sub-stories and origin stories told throughout it. You got a glimpse of Angelina Jolie's beginnings. Not much of it, but enough to sort of add more to that character. And what we needed was more of that for all of them. Mm -hmm. And a series treatment would
0: have been really cool. Well, Um, and it would have allowed for the world building that they were starting to do to even go deeper in it. And you can get you know, you can start off kind of hand wavy and then give us a little bit more reason like how does the reparative bath actually work or or that as you're giving these backstories to all these characters and really fleshing them out. So
2: Yeah. That's so you, funny. You don't,
1: have, you don't have to compress time as much and you can, you know yeah. just draw some of the stuff out. And I feel like comic books, with the exception of MCU stuff, which has done a really incredible job, but you could also argue a lot of the MCU is one big continuous story anyway. Right. Um I feel like the future of comic book adaptation and in particular video game adaptation into film will be series format, not standalone films anymore because the there's, there's too much to tell and there's a huge opportunity to hook everybody, every episode with great cliffhangers and and to really have a great 10 episode run of something. When you try to cram all that in, like I just finished the outsider, Stephen King's the outsider on HBO and Mm. I loved it. It was a great adaptation of that book. That would have, Made for a crap movie, but it made for a wonderful ten-part series. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm all for this. In fact, if somebody just announced, "Hey, we're doing a wanted series," I would be legit excited to hear that.
0: Absolutely, That would be cool.
1: Just bring it's... common back, though. Let's get <laughs> the one. The one common thing should be common, <laughs> right? Yes.
2: It's funny that I I don't even read comic books, but I read the story about like the the comic that this movie's based on loosely, and I. Got a total boys vibe because it's just so like, like anti, well, I guess not anti hero, but like just the supervillains being because like looking at the boy. Oh, my God. What a disturbing show, by the way. I kind of love it, Uh, which probably makes me a sick person. But (laughs) yeah, like if they it would basically be the boys, but with a, you know, somewhat of this storyline in it. So I don't know. Like, I'd love to see it.
1: You could really focus in on like different hit jobs they had to do Mm. and you could really stretch out his training because instead you just get this short montage of him getting beaten up thrown in the bath go out and try to kill a guy didn't work beat him up again like it was entertaining the way that they did it but it just doesn't feel like an earned spot in the team it felt like way too slapdash yeah and at the end i think he even said six weeks ago i was this nerd now i'm this guy Six weeks is too short. Like, Definitely. really stretch that out. Give it a lot of meat. Get the right writers involved. And you've really got something. And I know people would scoff at this. If someone said, hey, they're going to make a, a wanted show, kind of like that movie in 08, people would go roll their eyes. I, not me. After no. seeing this now, I'd be like, no, 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 let's go bigger. Let's see the whole thing.
0: Well, what's interesting is this movie actually reviewed fairly well. It's a 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's not like it's a, it's a movie that was universally hated when it came out. Um, I just think, I saw
2: this in the theater I
0: well,
1: yeah, did. I,
2: I think I, so. I think I was old enough. Wait a minute. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure.
1: <laughs> Wait, how old were you 12 years ago? You'd have been 20 something, right?
2: Hmm. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> don't don't age me out right now. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna say I was like I seven years old. Let's go with that.
1: Okay, sure, <laughs> sure. Let's we'll Go works. with that. Well, that in theaters.
0: But I, I just exactly. you know it, it's just funny to me that like. You're right. A lot of people say, "Oh, that was a bad movie." And I even remember I didn't see it right away because I kept hearing, "Oh, it's a it's terrible, it's dumb." And it is dumb, but it's fun. And mm-hmm. it's visually it's something that just keeps your attention the whole time.
1: Yeah.
2: Can, yeah, can I say it. I love this movie? Like yeah. from when I watched it because it's totally like my well, not my story, but let's say that at the time, not when it came out obviously because I wasn't old enough to have a job that was pointless and terrible. <laughs> But like, that's, you know, that's like life, you know, your, your boss is terrible. And like, well, I didn't have a girlfriend at the time, but you get my point. Like, it was really bad. And like, what if you were destined for something more and you have this talent, this, this un, unspent potential that's just hiding in, inside of you. And then one day, you know, somebody's like, hey, your dad's an assassin. And yeah, so now I have this, you know, I could shoot wings off flies and
0: yeah, he like, that the seems news- really cool. He took the news of his father being an international assassin pretty well, I have I to say. He was so happy. Did
2: you see the $3 million? Was that $3 million? Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: 3. something dollars
2: million. I'd, million. Be ha- I'd be fine, too.
1: <laughs> hey, Daddy, when, thank you. When Morgan Freeman made it sound like there was a lot more than that, I was a little disappointed in the number because I thought, oh, he's a, you're, his assets are well valued, whatever, whatever. Inflation? And then he looks in the bank, and I'm like, three million, really? That
0: was yeah. You but think- when you're when you're dealing with a character who literally couldn't pull ten dollars out of his bank account twelve hours earlier, that's that's a good point. Plus, you got a guy
1: who you got Morgan Freeman's probably just putting a t- dinky portion of it in there in the first place. Yeah, just enough know, to, just to sort of freak yeah. him out or
2: whatever. Yeah. Two things too about names. Uh, his his father was Mister X. So eventually he becomes a professor, right? Is that yeah. how that works? Yeah. Yes. But also they were, uh, they were Mr. X and Cross. So
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like that.
1: What's, so weird, what's weird is how all of these guys, like so many people in these movies, go on to be in other mainstream comic adaptations. So you have him as Professor X eventually, and then you've got uh, a, a totally unknown Chris Pratt. Like this is before Parks and Rec or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And this small best friend works at his office role playing a total chris pratt character by the way oh yeah like it's the most chris pratt dude bro character you've ever seen (laughs) um he would go on to be peter quill in the guardians of the galaxy and part of the mcu and so it's just it's interesting to see you know some of these some of these early beginnings of these very young actors they have no idea what they're headed toward and both these guys have had amazing careers i mean if you look at just chris pratt's career it's almost it's almost insane where his career is compared to where it used to be like it's a little crazy. It kind he of went is. from where he was to where he is, yeah. Because
0: it, if you see him in this, you do not in any way picture him as like headlining a comic book movie. You know, playing a yeah. superhero. Because he just doesn't, he doesn't have that look. He doesn't have that demeanor. You know, he's the, he's just a goofy best friend who also happens to be sleeping with the guy's girlfriend at the time. Um, right. <laughs> but... <laughs>
2: Wait, were the Unbreakable movies based on comic books too, or was that just No, M. Night that stories? was based.
1: It was based on M Night Shyamalan's love of comic books, but mm-hmm. not any particular book. Which is, I was
2: gonna say, like that's, I think, like he must like like comic book type. Uh, oh things, yeah, James I mean, McAvoy. when I saw that
1: in theaters for the first time, I remember thinking this is the first real true comic book movie for me. Hmm. Even though it wasn't based on a previous property, I I knew that that was the direction I would like to see these things go is this darker broodier um you realistic know, yeah realistic there were real consequences you know yeah. it wasn't like a gi joe cartoon where everyone just parachutes away to safety it was going to be more <laughs> than that and and i was really excited about that kind of thing and it's interesting that the one that really got me excited was the one movie that wasn't actually a comic before it was a movie, a movie right but i think it's a good template for stuff we see today
0: So I have to ask, if this movie had all been played at normal speed, how long do you think it would have been? (laughs) (laughs) Because at least (laughs) 60% of this movie is slow-mo.
1: Yeah. It's my kind of slow-mo, though. The stuff I hate is like... We were watching Lord of the Rings last week, or Mm. we were Mm -hmm. just watching part of it. Peter Jackson uses this kind of slow motion that I cannot stand, which is this weird, low frame rate, choppy... Basically, it's like... The sort of thing you'd see on Xena Warrior Princess. It's just terrible. Yeah. And I know it's an aesthetic choice, but I hate it. I freaking can't stand it. Yeah. And it, the kind used in this, I like because it feels like I'm actually getting a slowed down view of reality. I get to see it frame by frame and not in some low frame rate, frame rate st- uh, way of doing it. So for me, it was okay. Again, very Matrix, you know, this mm-hmm. movie was 10 years out of the Matrix at this point, but um, well, that's weird. We're further away from. Oh weird. We're further away from wanted than wanted was from the Matrix. Yeah. That's weird. S- that's Stop
2: just... aging us, Scott. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Getting that's older really by the minute. Um oh. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on as far as like true true slow-mo, like over crank slow mo like this has, is the stuff that I like because it's it's a very beautiful look and it gives you that aesthetic value. The the um the slow-mo that you see, Peter Jackson does use it a little bit too much. Where it's, it's almost like the, Oh, we're, we decided after we shot this, we're going to actually put it in slow motion. So it's, right. it's the video slow motion that stuff bugs me, but I love the use of it in this. Cause there's a ton of slow-mo in this movie, but it works so well for what they're trying to get across, especially when they're pointing out the whole, you know, Oh, your heart beating over 400 beats per minute. And it's pumping a bunch of adrenaline and everything slows down for you, which, yeah. you know, I don't know how that works exactly, because I'm pretty sure if your heart's beating over 400 beats per minute for any extended period of time, it's just going to pop.
1: Yeah, you're going to die. Um, that they and the idea that you know maybe people with severe anxiety disorders actually are just attuned to this, uh, you know, yeah, this slowing down of time. I mean, as someone who's experienced a, his own fair number of panic attacks in his life, I can tell you that none of them felt like time was slowing down. <laughs> Not once.
0: No, I've never you know, heard that explained like, that way. It just so. feels
1: like chaos is happening. It just yeah. feels like the world is falling into itself. And and again, I was able to park my brain enough for that stuff and just say, all right, fine. This sure. is just goofy. But but still, those are interesting concepts, right? Like, Oh, yeah. What if a panic attack was actually the secret to some power you have and you're just too... You're too drugged up or you're too nervous to notice. Like that's a cool Maybe idea. Maybe my
2: fear of social situations will turn me into a badass yeah. assassin. No, that's it's not. right.
1: You'll burst out with a spandex <laughs> thing and a cape Slipping
2: and it Yeah. I'll defeat all those uh weird people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, this was directed by uh, a guy named Timur Bekmambatov. Yeah. I I'm I promise Russian you i pronounced pronounce guy. that wrong. Russian. Uh, and he'd done a lot of work prior to this movie, but this was his first English language film. And the yeah. studio was worried about, oh, we're going to give him a big budget thing. And the producers were like, no, we're, we're fine. We're, we'll do all right. His yeah. career afterwards has been a, a fair good amount of more Russian films. And uh, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, which did not review well, yeah. no, but I love so that book. And so yeah. I kind of now want to watch the movie just to see sort of his visual style with it. Yeah, and he's then, got a
1: cool style. He also did that, um, there's a new mo- new movie-ish called Profile that everyone tells me is amazing and I
0: need mm, to watch. And I haven't some, seen that uh, one.
1: British detective thing that's supposed to be excellent. came out in 2018, I think.
0: Okay. And then he also did Ben-Hur a couple of years before that. Oh, yeah, Ben-Hur. I forgot
1: about that. Yeah. How'd that go? I don't. I never saw it, so I don't know how it reviewed or did or
0: whatever. It didn't review very well, but I didn't see it, so I Mm. can't say one way or the other. Um, It sort of landed in a time where seeing new movies was not really a thing I was able to do, so I missed a bunch from like the mid twenty tens. So, but I mean, his visual style is a ton of fun, and it keeps you interested, even if the uh, material can get kind of dumb at parts. But the all the stuff with like the curving bullets, I think my only like curving the bullet itself is kind of a neat concept, but it was so inconsistent how much yeah. it could curve or, or, you know, the distance that you could go. I love the, uh, when, uh, when Fox decides. So you got, first of all, all the, all the assassins standing in a circle around the guy and they're all going to shoot towards each other at him, <laughs> but
1: perfect circle too, by the way. Yep. No,
0: <laughs> uh,
2: as we learned later in the movie.
0: Yeah. yeah and, but, um, then he or she uh, she fires off the the bullet with goodbye written on it, which I thought was there was there was a few moments that were very on the nose. And uh, but she's able to do a full 360 curve, which we hadn't seen at all and go and not only not only curve it a full 360, but then it goes through every single one of them, too. I love well,
1: you've got and no uh, one moves. What is it like six skulls to go through? That is one magic bullet. Yeah, Uh, it is. It should probably stop at the first head and. And be she done was there. smiling. Oh yeah, she oh, yeah. was loving it.
2: She was like, "I'm gonna die now."
1: This is her chance to go out and uh, do it, in, you know, consistent with whatever the fraternity's rules were. But again, stupidest scene, so stupid. Mm-hmm. But but kind of great. Yeah. I oh yeah. If this would have been okay, I, I can say this without any reservation. Had this been a like PG-13 watered-down version of what we got, I would hate this movie. I would not be into it at all. It needed the over-the-top gore it needed that stuff for it to work for me mm-hmm. um because then i was like all right well this is all silly and ridiculous but at least it's not pandering to their audience it's saying yeah we're ridiculous and guess what uh morgan freeman's about to f-bomb twice and guess what else we're gonna have this happen this happen, this bolt's gonna go all the way around and when it does it's gonna really blow people's brains across the room we're really gonna mm-hmm. go for it hey this part where he's running through the the warehouse he's gonna shoot the freaking repair man in the head and then use his head as a muzzle <laughs> and shoot 50 other guys while running with that dude shooting through his head. Like, if you're going to go,
0: go. Yes, you know what I mean? Go exactly.
1: And I appreciated that. I was yep. fine
0: with it. Go big or go home. I'm a fan of that. Like, if you're going to be ridiculous, just yep. go full for yep. it. And I, I wrote down at least three different notes where just like this movie is bonkers. It's just crazy. Yep. And I love that.
2: <laughs> you wrote that three different times?
0: At least. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I want to. I want to read your notes later. But can I mention also, uh, Danny Elfman? Yeah, on the soundtrack. Oh, did he the please. Soundtrack? He did the know.
0: music for this. I had no idea oh. until his name yeah. came up in the credits, and I was like, "This is Danny Elfman." Not only did he do all the music, but the the song that plays on the end credits is a Danny Elfman song that he wrote for this movie.
2: It plays three yeah. times in the movie too. Mm-hmm. The you know the uh, yeah is that, that of
0: little guitar riff thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was perfect, right? <laughs>
0: that was yeah, well done. spot on. I thought I was listening to it.
1: Yeah, I thought you were playing it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks, Travis. You are
0: no, I I that kind of that blew my mind. That I was like, oh, this is because mm-hmm. I love Danny Elfman's scores, but oh, yeah. usually. I can always pick out a Danny Elfman score because it's just his style is very quirky, and this didn't have that necessarily, but it fit what they were doing, so
1: it worked. Yeah, it was it was good. I liked it a lot. I didn't even know. I guess I didn't even see his name in the credits because I didn't know it was him until you guys just said so. And um, one of the high points for the movie for me was the soundtrack, which is consistent with how I feel about most of his soundtracks. He's great. Yeah, his Batman soundtrack when he was doing those. I love um everything anything you ever did with tim burton i love all that stuff mm-hmm. um in particular <clears throat> he did the soundtrack for uh the tim burton movie called oh crap uh it's the one with a big tree on the front big fish got- edward scissorhands big fish big fish I don't know. That's <laughs> it. and uh big fish the soundtrack is one of the most nuanced interesting cool things he ever did so just a side note if anyone out there hasn't heard it go give that a listen or see I've that i've never movie, seen movie big fish oh big fish is so good it's my yeah? i think it's my favorite tim burton thing that's a hard thing to say because there's a lot of tim burton stuff i actually actively don't like mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stuff he does that i really do like i love nightmare before christmas um so like animated stuff i'm big into i really liked um uh, uh, the spooky, spooky hollow. What's it called? Sleepy Hollow. <laughs>
2: Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy yes.
1: Hollow. Mm-hmm. I think that's an amazing movie. Like he's he's on and off for me, but that was that film felt like a like his Oscar worthy, like once in a lifetime kind of movies. If you haven't seen Big Fish, you should watch freaking Big Fish. It's great. Yeah, it's Hook
0: definitely. Me up, one Travis, I will because it's definitely one. Tim Burton is one of those where you can tell when he's phoning it in, and yeah, Big Fish yeah, is not. That's what that. it is.
1: That's what it is. Mm-hmm. There are times when you're like, oh, "Okay, he's just doing what he does and he's getting paid." And that's great. Well done. But there are other times where you're like, "Whoa, hold on now. This is nuanced and special and different." Yep. That's Big Fish. Big Fish is fantastic. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh so Scott, because I have you on, I have to ask, what was the moment in the movie or what in the movie grossed you out the most? <laughs> because I have two I have two theories. Um yeah. so first one is uh just the character of Wesley constantly spittling everywhere when you'd talk. And especially <laughs> that in slow-mo where you'd see you'd see his lips flapping around and like a big piece of spittle come off of there. Um yeah, not a fan. The other fan. one was uh the Russian when when Angelina Jolie is giving him mouth to mouth. Well you know me a little too well. Bleeding, bleeding from to be the my mouth. Pick.
1: Yeah, that's my pick. She's giving him mouth to mouth and she actually spits a big mouthful of his blood <laughs> out. Uh that that was the one, that that was gnarly. Oh, nobody like, even thought that though, was even hot. Even though I know it's all fake, you know it's the real part of what's fake about that? Is that she is mouth to mouthing on an actual actor who's got a bunch of fake blood on him, and she's spitting that fake blood out. I mean, in every way, she's reenacting what that reality would be. Yep. That's just as gross as doing it. So, freaking f that. No thanks. <laughs> Not interested.
0: Gross. Yeah, that was kind of kind of nasty. I didn't uh, didn't care for that a whole lot.
2: I yeah. I would like to say that I hope I don't die and need mouth to mouth ever. Like, and I'm bleeding, and somebody feels the same way. <laughs> I'll just die, I guess.
0: Yeah, I was once in a situation where I almost had to do that, and it's uh, not not fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, so. The, the term I'm sorry got used a lot in this movie and it the first couple of times there was there was at least three that were like slowed down and really weird where uh w- where Wesley's in his cubicle talking to by the way w- was Janice from accounting a thing before this movie or see
1: now I that's funny you brought that up because as soon as I saw Janice and they were having they're throwing like a donut party for her in the office
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I went oh my gosh my stereotype." Is true, it's true. I'm telling you, it's true. But I, as far as I know, since I had never seen this movie, I don't even know where I got it. Like, I think I it's just
2: f- it's from uh, uh with the ga- glasses, and he does like the political thing. What is what is his name? Uh,
1: uh no idea, John Oliver. John Oliver, yeah, dude, he Janus. did a
2: whole Janice from Accounting thing. I think that's where I got it from because
1: see, I missed, I haven't seen that either, so I don't know but where maybe it's always
2: be. been a stereotype. And I just I've been never... talking about
1: Janice from Accounting since like 2012. And I don't know where I got it. It, it had to have been something else. Maybe I don't think was, I made yeah, it Yeah, I guess but, so maybe it was this. But it sounds so right. Like yeah, Janice Travis. from accounting. Now, she's not necessarily from accounting. I don't know what she's from. She's just. You
0: know, well, because he's an account, account manager, manager. So she was his she boss. From accounting, yeah.
1: yeah, that makes sense.
0: So, Did you know. look
2: it up, Travis? I, I
0: didn't. Oh, oh she was okay. terrible.
2: Because I was like, I thought it was from that. But maybe it is from some other thing. That's yeah, not, she,
1: I hope she got paid well because she was so good as such a awful human being. Like she was great.
0: Yeah, but he the way they would slow down and do this like slow mo. I'm sorry for uh, when he and they actually did the gag twice in a car flipping over, which I thought was like how many movies are going to have not one but two instances of a car flipping through the air and they do a slow mo of somebody saying I'm sorry at the same time because you get this
2: movie. Is why I have a sunroof <laughs> Just saying. Like I wanna be able to flip over someday and
1: Yeah, shoot the smoking guy.
0: And it was the yeah. second time he says it where yeah, it's the guy in the limo and he's just like
2: okay. Oh no, I'm sorry. That was that
0: was the first one where they land on the bus. Oh uh, right. Where they're going Sideways. over the cops and yeah, he's like, they're going he's over the like cops.
2: really regretfully sorry police yeah. officers.
1: <laughs> I do not know how the physics of that worked. There's do real questions Magic. Dodge Viper figured out how to get <laughs> up on top of that thing. But
0: nope, don't I don't, don't have a clue. But it worked. She was
1: tr- she was treating it like a like an Ollie on a freaking skateboard, like <laughs> somehow kick of kick flipping it to the top and then riding over the ditch. That just it. doesn't
0: work. I it. have to say there were some cool stunts in this movie too. Um the, when, she, when she picks him up when she picks him up in the Viper <laughs> That's was great. a really cool stunt sure Wesley's <laughs> well, legs are both awesome, broken yeah. now but like, okay. yeah. that was such I mean, a... it
1: wouldn't obviously obviously the 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 possibility of that seems pretty narrow but mm-hmm. there's got to be some mathematical point in in space and time where you could do that with a car oh like, sure just the right amount of momentum pulling it this way he is gently set in there it's not too violent. <laughs> but it's all part of when she wrote. I mean, it's not going to happen in any practical way, but no. it seemed it seemed possible, just not probable.
0: Sure. yeah, it's plausible. Uh, the the whole thing with her hanging out the windshield of the car and firing off oh, guns, yeah. that apparently they they actually did strap her to the top of the car for some of those shots. Oh, really? Driving it, oh, so yeah. that was pretty cool. I hope
2: they strapped her to the car. I mean, and, like, and that would
0: be rude. And then there was another stunt towards the end with Wesley where he's running and then he slides up on the hood of the car and he's shooting for a bit, and then he just comes right off of it into a full sprint that I thought was a really cool, a cool stunt, too. I don't know, for whatever reason, that, that one just worked for me. So I love some of the stunt work in this. And it added with that plus the all the slow-mo and the CG and the stuff that they would do, I thought was really cool.
2: Also, yeah. anybody else here just, like, get it from the couch and their ankle gives way, and you're watching this movie and thinking, like... What? Like you jump oh, yeah. into a building, like I can't even walk to the kitchen. Oh yeah,
1: no, right. none of those stunts. I mean, obviously they're movie stunts, so you know anything's possible. But everybody made me feel slow.
0: Yeah, oh definitely. <laughs> no, I I get up in the morning and it's like my ankles don't work until I get down the hallway. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah I just training. I I had to mention the stunt work because the stunt work was just was really cool in this. And yeah, uh, it's it work,
1: amazing. Amazing set, set pieces in this thing, I thought. Really good.
0: And uh, we had Chekhov's rat bomb there. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, there's this is so stupid. Oh, my God.
2: All oh. that peanut butter. Uh, oh. I don't understand.
0: Oh. All that peanut butter and what was it? Astrolite or Astro
2: That's...
0: something? Astroglide? I don't, know. Yeah, I don't know, know what you're
2: talking about. I forgot the, now.
0: The the explosive that he used and he mixes it. Oh, oh,
2: I thought you were talking about that lube stuff.
0: No, not that. Um, but no, just like when he when he gets into his father's secret room, and he yeah. and they show the picture of the rat, and I'm like, oh, they're bringing that back. I forgot. Yeah. So yeah, you definitely. The I mean,
1: were, those rats were so stupid. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and it was yes, a great homage to the they, Russian. They, Met they, they made me laugh in a way that I'm. <laughs> it was so over the top that it it, it kind of earned it, but. In a slightly lesser presentation, those rats would have ruined everything. Forever. Oh, totally. You know, like, come on. And there were way too many. Like when he let them out of the truck, oh, there's a fair amount of rats, not that bad. But then when they'd show shots inside the warehouse, <laughs> there'd like hundreds of thousands of rats. Yep. There's no way he had all those in that truck. There's no way. No. So there's some math problems, you know? There's always a math problem in these
0: movies. Yeah. <laughs> also, I really liked that set, the uh, the textile plant. That looks like a castle in the middle of Chicago. Mm-hmm. That was oh, a yeah. that was a really cool um, visual to see. You know, pulling up to that for the first time, uh, it kind of yeah, fits. I love, I
1: love, I love it being set in Chicago in general because you got those L trains and you can mm-hmm. just do weird stuff. On them. Oh yeah, you know, get around fast and that stuff's cool.
0: Like yeah, that. this was just it was just a fun movie. If you haven't seen it uh yet and you were like Scott earlier this week, go out and see the movie because it's a ton of fun. Yep, so, it's on
1: Hulu right now. So, yeah.
0: you got Hulu. You're I good bought at all. it. Oh, you did. Nice. It's like
2: 7.99 on Amazon.
0: Well, there you go. No, not bad. It's
2: not it's not t- but I remember and I watched this movie and immediately after watching it last week, I went and I bought Atomic Blonde because it was also like 7 bucks or whatever. <laughs> Cuz I love Atomic Blonde. I love John Wick. I love I love these movies where people just like I don't know, magically kick ass or something. It's just yeah. it's great.
1: It's almost like the, its own new subgenre, a little bit right now.
0: Yeah, where it's like it's set in a world that's very similar to ours, but just, just slightly different to, to allow for whatever craziness is going on. Well, I want to say thanks to both of you. This was a, a really fun discussion. Monica, it's great having you back on the show. And Scott, it was a pleasure having you on.
1: Thanks, man. It's my pleasure being here.
0: Uh, now, anybody that listens to this show probably already listens to your stuff, but if not, where can anybody find your work?
1: well just all of it uh every ounce of it can be found at frogpants.com and if you are here because you're just really into film discussion might i recommend uh either going there or to filmsack.com. you'll find it either way and check out the film Sack podcast which is now 10, 10 plus years oh my gosh almost 10 and a half years old that's weird um yeah we started the show a year after this film was made <laughs> let's put it that way <laughs> uh and it's still out there still kicking it uh we just did our most recent episode on oh my gosh what did we just do my brain is failing me we just did a movie yesterday and i don't remember the movie great that's fantastic buckaroo Bonsai. oh buckaroo bonsai okay. in the eighth dimension of weird movies that that thing <laughs> happened and uh boy they all run together after a while but uh it's a it's a real fun goofy look all four hosts uh taking a look at this cult classic of the 80s we do stuff spread all over the place we'll do movies as Recent as a year ago, and movies as old as the 1950s. Uh, you never know what you're going to get, so check it out, Filmsack.com. And if you're trying to find me directly, you can always ping me on Twitter. I'm at Scott Johnson.
0: Absolutely. And and Monica, how about you? What have you been working on recently?
2: Oh, me? You ask? Crap, <laughs> I lost my notes. Um, <laughs> I'm not reading from notes or anything. Sure. Um, hey, oh, follow me on Twitter and Twitch at WickedKitten and. <laughs> Shut up. At Wicked Kitten thirteen, I almost got this right. Uh, and if you like D D, go check out Feats of Fellowship over on the Spazbot Studios Network. I do a and podcast now, so there you go. That's fun. Um, but if you want to check out uh, what I'm really about, why don't you join me back here in two weeks when I take over Travis's show for Scaretober? No? Does that is that a good name? Uh. No. Uh, yeah, I'm working on the name. That. Anyway, I will be forcing Travis to watch scary movies that he has never seen before. Whoa. Uh, evil laugh. Oh, wait. I was supposed to do that and not say it. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> the tables have and been turned And that's in two weeks
2: me. and all of October.
0: So definitely come back for that because I, I don't know what I'm in for at all. Well, uh, who does anymore these days? That's true. So, this show uh, comes out every Wednesday as a podcast. I do record live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Travis. And if you do enjoy the show, um, you know, whether it's through Apple Podcasts or whatever your podcast player is of choice, you can get on and give us a a review. That's super helpful. Uh, It's probably the easiest way to help out the show and get us some recognition. but. Until next now, next week I have uh Alex Elbisu coming on, and we're gonna talk about Serenity, because he's never seen it before. He just oh. watched Firefly for the first time earlier this year.
1: Dude, I am uh, Nike, I'm I'm not kidding you when I tell you this. I have now seen Serenity twenty-one times. I've seen it more times in its full entirety than I've seen Star Wars or any other thing you'd think I'd see that many. Even Mad Max Fury Road is only at about fifteen. We win one. We got a reference. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh, So, Alex, you slow-ass mother-effer. You need to catch up and get on it because that is one of the great films ever made, even if you haven't seen Firefly. It's amazing.
0: Absolutely. No, I I saw that uh, three times in the first two weeks it was in theaters. So I am primed and ready to talk for quite a while about that one. So come on back next week and, and hear me chastise Alex for waiting so long to see that movie and then gush about Serenity for like an hour and a half because I so can't wait good, dude. Oh. Oh, I'm so until for you guys. yeah oh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready so until next week uh, you know I always like to close out by saying uh, get out and enjoy your movies and in the words of Bill and Ted be excellent to each other
2: Peck Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>